He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Hey, Dick Morris here, advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, with my advisor, Mike Consiglieri, Doug <laughs> DePiero. Hello, Dick Morris. Hey, yeah. It's an honor to be here with you. Yeah. So, California had a commission that they spent half a million dollars on to figure out how to make reparations to black people in California for slavery. Never mind that California was a free state and had no slavery, but still they want to pay reparations. <laughs> and they like worked out a, uh, a detailed formula for the reparations. But once again, Dire Straits, the band, can summarize their formula better than I can. That's money for nothing is the heart of the reparations plan. Chicks for free, however, is I your like add-on. I, I like that. Yeah, right. Impossible. That's absolutely impossible. Now, um, the reparations package is a doozy. Free college, free health care, uh, all kinds of protections for employment, and for black free housing, and for black people only. Whites, Latinos, Asians need not apply. Wow. So this is the most outrageous manifestation of discrimination uh, I've ever seen. In fact, it's as it's worse than went on during the Jim Crow era. Some southern states had that kind of nonsense, but there's never been federal legislation discriminating against any ethnic group. In fact, there's never been one mentioning any ethnic group. Uh, the Constitution avoids the word slavery, never mentions it. And uh, even the 15th, even the 13th Amendment freeing the slaves didn't mention slavery. It just said people in a previous condition of servitude. Really? So now we have a law that, that will probably pass in California that earmarks a vast amount of money for black people only. Uh, now, the courts... It's going to be challenged in court, obviously. And that gets to the reason why the package is, has been introduced as reparations. Their goal is to give a lot of money away to minority groups, particularly black people, so they can buy their vote. That much is clear. The problem is that if they have a national program, they'll run up a huge deficit, there'll be more inflation, and everybody will holler. So what they want to do is to earmark it for black people uh, so that the money goes to them and there's more for each person. But they can't do it legally. Biden tried it twice in the stimulus package. He, the bill included reparation, not, not reparations, uh, compensation for owners whose restaurants were, tr- were closed during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. And, that. uh, but only, but whites, uh, but blacks and minorities, people of color, were first on line for that money. Everybody else had to wait in line before that. And the court threw it out. And there's a second law under legal challenge now to provide farmers with money for feed, seed, grain, and fertilizer and a scholarship for their kids, but only for people of color. That's under challenge. That'll probably be thrown out too. So the strategy of the left in this, and this is pretty subtle, but listen up, They are saying, okay, we realize that if we pass a program of giving free housing just to black people, the courts will throw it out. But if we say this program is reparations for slavery, not a grant and aid, reparations, compensation for slavery, and anybody who has ever been enslaved is able to sue under this. Anybody who's ever been a slave in the United States, his ethnic group, is entitled to this oh, pool of money. Not the person, because yeah. there's nobody alive. Right. And uh, and obviously, that's only blacks. And they can say, this is not a violation of colorblind laws. This is simply a historical fact 
that these people weren't slavery, and this program is for anybody of any race who's ever had their ancestors enslaved. I guess Jews going back to the Pharaoh don't qualify. <laughs> and what about the Christians from to the, the lions? The lions, yeah, yeah that's uh-huh. true. What about that? Well, they weren't slaves. They were dinner. <laughs> anyway. That's just wrong. Anyway, so the uh so the deal is that they're trying to get this through, dressing it up as reparations. And there are ten counts in the reparations, much like the Ten Commandments. And the tenth count is a cash grant to people to compensate them for their ancestors' suffering. And they leave it blank. They don't say how much because they're worried that the headlines will be that. And the rationale for this is you the reason you have bad housing and the reason you have all this difficulty is that your ancestors were enslaved and the country has been irredeemably racist ever since, and we are doing this to make this up to you. And that's the concept of the reparations. Now, my favorite reparation is <laughs> shady trees. There's a doctrine the left is pushing. Believe me or not, I'm not kidding about this. this. That trees are racist. Really? That the plans to plant trees in cities protected the rich areas from sunlight, but not poor areas. They were not (laughs) planted in poor areas. They were only planted in rich areas. So they're calling this shade equity. (laughs) S-H-A-D-E. Equity. This is not a joke. Come on. This is in the program. So they're allocating a couple of billion bucks for shade equity, trees to be planted in black neighborhoods. <laughs> California oh, is absolutely incredible. There's something else going on in California, isn't there? They're letting somebody go. What's the story over here with this thing? Well, Paul Pelosi, uh, <laughs> Nancy segue? Pelosi's husband, was busted for DUI. Oh, really? And uh, apparently he was driving his car and he hit another car. And they found his blood alcohol level was high. So they busted him, handcuffs, hauled him off to jail and everything. But then something unusual happened. He went before the judge, and the judge says, you know, you are not uh, that serious a criminal. You haven't offended before. I'm not going to send you to jail. I'm going to sentence you to home release. No! Which means home arrest. Which means you have to stay home. With Nancy? And he got up and he said, with her? No way. He said, please, give me solitary <laughs> confinement instead. Give me Bubba. <laughs> through a party in the no, no. <laughs> please, solitary. Okay, I'll take the death penalty. Thank you. Just don't stick <laughs> me with her. The death penalty. How long is this sentence? Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyway, poor Paul Pelosi was dragged from the courtroom <laughs> screaming, Give me jail! Give me jail! <laughs> yeah, you're a funny guy. You know, once I was with President Clinton and I polled on where he should go on vacation, believe it or not. <laughs> because the previous year he had gone to Martha's Vineyard and he was on yachts schmoozing with celebrities trying to be a celebrity. Mm. And it was very bad. People didn't like it. They thought it was inappropriate. So uh, I did a poll to test where they would like him to go on vacation. And uh, Martha's Vineyard didn't rank high, but the Rockies was fine. And they wanted him to go camping and fishing in the Rockies Mm. during his vacation. So I told him that. And he looks at me straight-faced and he says, "Uh uh-huh, the Rockies. Where would I stay? And I said, I don't know, a tent. He said, a two-person tent? <laughs> Meaning Hitlery. Meaning Hillary, right. Hitler. So I, I let it go. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Now, yeah, funny guy. you may remember in the 60s, the weathermen were blowing everything up they right. could find. Bill Ayers. Yeah, Bill is Ayers. The, is that and, the guy? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Bernadette Dorn and oh, Kathy right. Boudin. So what happened was that uh, Kathy Boudin had a son named Chessa Boudin. And uh, when Kathy was sentenced to life in prison or something for the killing the people in the Brinks robbery, they took uh, Chessa away and gave him to another couple, a loving couple, a warm, wonderful, typical American couple, Bill Ayers and Bernadette Dorn. Isn't that nice? Bill Ayers, Obama's chief racial advisor, and Bernadette Dorn from the Weathermen. And they raised a radical freak named Chessa Boudin. 
and he has been elected last two years ago district attorney of San Francisco, uh, which means absolutely anybody in San Francisco can get away with the crime. They could blow stuff up and nothing will happen. Yeah, to them. the only crime is uh, is demonstrating uh, for the police. Or att- or <laughs> That's att- the crime. Attending a Trump rally that gets out of hand. Forget That's the only oh, thing that. that they'll sentence people oh, for. No. And uh, that did not include sentences for criminals. So the sentences were so light in San Francisco that even the electorate in San Francisco is rebelling against this guy, Boudin. Wow. And they circulated a petition to recall him, to remove him from office. And they got enough signatures. And a recall election is coming up soon. And the San Francisco voters are saying to Boudin, it ain't me, babe. My window. Leave at your own chosen speed. I'm not the one you want, babe. I'm not the one you need. So it's it's like check? Yeah, so... And so, the chess, uh, Well, check, you're not checkmate when they vote him out, but... You're getting my... my yeah. Here with the, the name? No. Chessa? Oh, Chessa, yeah. Oh, come okay. on. All right. So... A little slow. Um, a little slow. So they... Uh, Consigliere, your advice is rejected. <laughs> Uh-oh. So what I can um, do, I can help you. So this is great that they're rejecting him. And by the way, uh, there's there's also a recall in L.A. of their D.A., Gascon, uh, who is just as bad, not the same heritage, but just as bad. And both Gordon and uh, Boudin were elected with money, Gascon and Boudin, were elected with money from George Soros. What he did was wallpaper America with campaign contributions, not for president or senator or governor, he did that, but for local district attorneys and local secretaries of state. The district attorney money was to make sure nobody got prosecuted or locked up, and the secretary of state money was to steal elections by fraudulently doing the vote count. And one is working now, the other sure worked in 2020. And what we're seeing here is the residue of that. And thank God the voters of San Francisco and Los Angeles are recalling this idiot who they elected to the uh, post of district attorney. It's like electing a uh, uh, a kleptomaniac police commissioner. <laughs> He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. This should be a front page banner headline, tabloid headline, screaming at everybody. Because there has been a development two days ago, yes, Friday, that is earth-shaking in determining the outcome of the 2024 election and vastly enhances Donald Trump's chance of winning. There are actually two developments. The first was a week, a few weeks ago, Doug Mastriano won the Pennsylvania Democratic primary for governor. Everybody was focused on Dr. Oz, and he won. The other guy conceded, McCormick. But... Uh, But to me, the main message was Mastriano because he is stuck on the issue of ballot integrity. He's the guy that sued to overturn Pennsylvania's vote count. He's the guy that demanded and successfully got an audit that they're in the middle of to audit the election fraud. He wants to fire everybody involved and guarantee an honest election in Pennsylvania. And you may not give a damn who the governor of Pennsylvania is, but you care who the president is. And the presidential election of 24 will be determined in part by the vote in Pennsylvania in 22. Because mm-hmm. the governor appoints the secretary of state. And Governor Wolf, the crazy Democrat, appointed an unbelievable partisan with a long history of leftist involvement. And she just absolutely, she made sure every voter inspector, every election worker was a crazy Democratic Party leftist. And ignored all the fraud. And ignored all the laws. And all the laws. She Uh accepted. Supreme Court said you have, can't only accept ballots three days after the close of election day. And she took it for a fourth day, directly contradicting the Supreme Court decision. How'd she get away with that though? She just did. Nobody prosecuted her. 
So um, now the other development, which took place Friday, is that the other key state is Michigan. You know, Arizona's nice, Georgia's nice, but Michigan has 17 electoral votes, Pennsylvania has 20, and both of them were stolen in the last election. And Michigan was stolen because the Democrats elected a radical left-wing nut to be Secretary of State, and she rigged the election from the start, uh, and, uh, it, and it was just unbelievable. And she's elected by the voters. And the governor of the state uh, is is very much involved in all of that election fraud. So it's crucial that we elected like, two Republican governors, Pennsylvania and Michigan, to be able to win in 24. Like I said, you don't live in those states. Who cares? But you care because those states are going to control whether there's election fraud. And the Republicans had a very weak candidate, a guy named... Uh, Roger Craig, who is the police commissioner in Detroit, who is trailing badly in the polls. And it turned out that his petitions were forged. Literally, his <laughs> people sat around the kitchen table and they all signed the petition. So he filed 21,000 petitions and the judge ruled only 10 of them were valid. And he was thrown <laughs> off the ballot. It. Did he use the same pen, probably? Yeah, well, he's, he should have like 40 yeah. different pens, right? Right. So um, your left hand, your right hand. So they were thrown off the ballot, and now there's a very strong candidate for governor named Tudor Dixon, D-I-X-O-N. He's great. TV show host, uh, who has been endorsed by DeVos and probably in a few days will be endorsed by Trump, the DeVos family, Betsy DeVos, Secretary of Education. Mm, yes. And that's a very rich family. So those are key developments. Those two state governor's races and the Secretary of State race in Michigan – will determine the outcome of the 2024 election. So let's go to Judy in Matawan. Hey, Judy. Hello. Hello, Judy. You're on. Hi. Hi how are you? I, I'd yeah. like to start by wishing your wife well. Thank I you. I hope she's doing she's, better. She had a stroke 14 months ago, and uh, she's stable. First of all, thank God she's alive. Uh, nobody thought she would live a year and more, more than a year with a stroke. She can't walk, probably never will, but we're really adjusting. Mm. We went through a period of praying for recovery and everything, and now we're at a point where we're adjusting. Every fourth day, uh, she can sit in a wheelchair. You don't do more because of bed sores. And uh, we go out to dinner at a restaurant, and uh, usually at a place on the beach or something yes, like that. beautiful. And uh, tonight we're going to... Uh, the Farmer and the Fish. Farmer and the Fish. In which Purdy's. is a 1780 restaurant in Purdy's. 1775. Okay. Built. Which is absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful. It's still the old colonial inn, and we'll sit out on the porch. So bless you, Judy, for asking. But go ahead. You called. You're going through. I just went through a horrible thing with my husband, mm. and uh, he's no longer here. But um, uh, I loved listening Sorry. to your show. And uh, what you were saying about the DAs, what they're doing, I, I, I can't go home. I can't go back to New York the way it is. It's, yeah. Well, it's now horrible. we have the same infection, uh, a Soros-funded DA uh, who wants to let everybody out of jail. You're right, Judy. Thank you for your kind words. Let's go to Chris in the Catskills. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. How are you, Dick? Doing great. Uh, I wanted to talk about the primaries coming up. I think there's an interesting analysis. I was listening to the Cats Roundtable several hours ago, and former Congressman Peter King, I disagreed with his predictions. He predicted Zeldin, and he predicted Hochul. I mean, let's get out of the way Antonio Delgado, the obvious one, lieutenant governor. He's going to win that. I think Hochul now is in a stronger spot than she was three to five weeks ago because, unfortunately, she's been out in the media with the recent I think, think Hokel the Yokel is going to lose that race, and I think the Republican is going to win. Uh, that would be great. She's an, She was an unknown congressman, one term from upstate New York, and the only reason she got on the ticket was Cuomo needed to name a woman the lieutenant governor. And as governor, she's been absolutely a rubber stamp for his policies, sometimes going way beyond it. She's the only one who really is going to miss COVID. <laughs> because she can't, you know, lock anybody up and lock anybody down and mask everybody. And uh, I think she's terrible. I think the, whoever wins the Republican primary, I think, is going to be the next governor. 
And I think it's going to be Zeldin. Uh, I like uh, Esserino. I had him on the show last week, and he's the one who is exposing all of these flights from the border to heartland America of illegal immigrants, Westchester Airport, to plant them in the U.S. so that they can come in and vote. But um, I think Zeldin, endorsed by the state committee, probably is going to win. And I think he's going to get elected uh, governor. I think we're going to have a Republican governor in New York. Thank God. That would be nice. Now, while all this is going on, a commission in Florida delivered its report on gender change surgery. This is the most unbelievable thing you can imagine. I've talked about it before, but they take children, 9, 10, 11 years old, pre-puberty children, and they claim that their gender identity is different from their real gender, their anatomical agenda, biological agenda, they say, biological gender. So they want to be girls, but they're boys. So the the thought here is that they're going to commit suicide when they pass puberty and look down and notice that they're a boy when they want to be a girl. And to prevent the suicide, we need to pay for gender change surgery so they can become a girl in time for puberty. Oh, my God. Literally, I'm not making this up. This is as bad as shade trees. But the problem is that a quarter of the time, the uh, a woman becomes sterile as a result of the surgery, a woman who wants to stay a woman. And... Uh, so, so it's a it's a horrible surgery, costs a hundred thousand dollars each, and nineteen states permit Medicaid to pay for it. The taxpayer is paying for it, and uh, this would they want to do it in Florida. And this is a report that says don't do it, because the only suicide risk here is that the kid once he grows up realizes what he's done to himself and commits suicide. Really, and statistically, that's a very significant factor. So. Um, we, change isn't always good. Change, trying every way I can. I am changing. I'll be better than I am. I'm trying to find a way to. So, uh, so I think that, uh, so this report is wonderful because it really establishes how phony this gender change issue is. And, uh, 19 states have Medicaid reimbursement for that. 12 states have prohibited it. I don't think New York must reimburse it if all the others do. I'll have to look it up. But, um, this is so outrageous. And there's no such thing as informed consent. How the hell is a 10-year-old going to be able to give informed consent about that? And social media is filled with these wonderful skip stories about these really cool kids who change their gender and have rings in their noses and ears. Oh, now it's the cool thing to do? Yeah. Yeah, right. In fact, they have coming out parties run by transgender people to celebrate their recovery from the surgery that they change gender. And these kids are treating it like they're changing hair color. Oh, my God. Uh, and there's no such thing as parental consent or notification. How could there not cases. be parental consent for well, a 10-year-old kid? Or? There is such a thing, but the studies have shown that most parents of kids that want to change the gender want them to because they wanted to have a girl and they had oh a boy. Oh, my God. And the parents are assenting to this. And, they should uh, go to jail. Yeah, and the whole process of, of, of gender dysphoria, which is what they call it really? when you don't like your gender, uh, is encouraged really by mom, and um, that's that's a big fact here. That is, I think, a real problem. Uh, let's go to uh, Gary in Staten Island. Oh, hi, uh, Dick. Uh, Henry Kissinger, uh, as I'm sure you know, but maybe the audience doesn't know, recently made headlines speaking at Davos, Switzerland, saying he thought it was wise to. Um, uh, move in the direction of peace uh, sooner rather than later in the Ukraine. So I thought I'd uh, get your opinion yeah. on, on his well, remarks. Of course I want peace, and everybody does. They, uh, the Ukrainians are paying a fearful price every day of yeah. incredible deaths Horrible. and devastation in their country. Horrible. Um, I think that the – and, and I think the concern here is that Russia probably has held, checked, held itself in check because Putin wanted to take over a country, not a vacant field, 
not a vacant lot. If he leveled it, in other words. Yeah, so he isn't bombing the bridges, Mm -hmm. he isn't bombing the train lines and that stuff, Mm -hmm. because he wants that infrastructure there. Mm -hmm. And now he's despaired of that, and he's going to go for it and knock it all down. Oh, that would be And he's huffing and puffing and saying that's what he's going to do. But, you know, my money stays on Ukraine. Uh, The U.S. just is announcing that this week that they're furnishing them with medium-range rockets, which go to about 100 miles, which means they can attack the approaching Russian troops, their armored columns, the whole bit. And uh, the and Germany is giving them pretty good anti-aircraft weapons. The West is literally pouring weapons into the Ukraine. And countries that are nearby, Finland, uh, Sweden, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Slovakia, Poland, are really pouring their, their resources into it because they really believe that it's important to stop the Russian aggression there. So um, my view is that they have a good chance of winning and that if they're going to win, we shouldn't pull the plug on them like we did with the Israelis. Whenever they begin to beat the Arabs, we pull the plug on them. But, you know, I'm glad you called about Henry Kissinger. When we come back, I want to talk to you about Henry Kissinger's explanation for Russia's conduct which I've always found brilliant, and I'd like... Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at Priority goldguide.com that's prioritygoldguide.com talk radio 77 wabc it's sunday and you know what that means here's dick morris on 77 wabc so This is Kissinger's thesis, and it really makes tremendous sense to me. He first explained it uh, 20 or 30 years ago. Russia is a country that's an amalgamation of a lot of nationalities, not through immigration, but who lived there. And the Russians under the czars conquered them, subjugated them, and made them part of Russia. There are 183 nationalities that comprise Russia. And one of them, the main one, is white Russian the ethnic Russians, but everybody else is really colonized. The largest group of Muslims, about 30 million out of 140 million. Uh, but there are lots of them, Cossacks and uh, Asians, Siberians, all Chechens, all kinds of stuff. And uh, the problem is that none of them want to be part of Russia, and they all want to leave. So when any do leave, Russia freaks out. That's why Putin's having a heart attack over Ukraine. <laughs> Because he's worried not just about Ukraine, but that one after another, all of these countries are going to leave. They'll leave not just the Soviet Union, which they did, and and Russia came away with 150 million people, but now they're going to dismember Russia too. And Russia as a country won't exist, which means the white Russian ethnic group will be suppressed probably by Muslims and other ethnic groups in other areas. Did you make a drink after that? White Russia. And that's the real danger that Putin is scared of. The only, Kissinger says the only way Russia can stop from contracting is to expand. Mm. If Russia is invading Ukraine and invading Moldova and invading Crimea and invading the country of Georgia, nobody in Russia is going to try to get out because they see what's happening and they see that they're mobilized. But the minute they relax and stop suppressing people in Russia and stop expanding to other areas, uh, these people will opportunistically launch rebellions. And one of the one of Zelensky's issues is people have proposed that he proposed that there be referenda in all of the Russian republics, the Russian states, and they won't want to stay. They'll want to go. It's not like the United States where there's a strong patriotic unity feeling. They all are focused on their own individual ethnic issues. 
And that's a, a big factor in what's going on. Um, let's go to Judy again, who has a question about Alvin Bragg, I think, the current DA in Manhattan. Yes. Uh, like I said before, he was uh, ruining New York. And also the thing with the gender, uh, with the children, is is horrible. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to say to you was um, there was a, sh- a show on Tuesday, uh, May 31st, uh, and the um, the host was insulting you and Judith from Brooklyn. Oh. It was terrible what he said well, about her. On what? And, what uh, was the host on? It, it, it was Greg Kelly. He's very rude oh, to people. He okay. really shouldn't have no, been cool. on the show. Greg is cool. He's, uh, he's a friend of mine. Anything he said, he must have said in jest. And, you know, once I asked his fa- got his father on my TV show, and um, I called Greg, and I said, is it okay for me to have Ray on? He said, they usually ask the father to marry the kid. <laughs> now we have to ask the father to have the, the, the kids kid, have uh, the yeah, father yeah, on the radio show. Now, um, Stormy Daniels has uh, was, you, you know, she is and everything, and you probably know more about her than you should. <laughs> and um, she was being represented by a lawyer named Michael Avenetti, and uh, he was accused of taking $300,000 from her in crumpled dollar bills. No. Yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> and she... And she and, and he was arrested I hated that for guy. that. This is way about and him. He was in prison for, and he's now going to be in prison for oh. four years for stealing from Stormy. Now I want to share with you a story that will absolutely drive you insane, and you don't know it. You think you know why gas prices are going up, and you think it's because we're not drilling. Well, that's true. You think it's because we have the war on fossil fuels. That's true. You think it's because they closed down the Keystone Pipeline because they won't open other pipelines because they won't build refineries. All of that is true. But there is something you don't know. When Biden took office, a bunch of environmentalists sued to say that they should stop oil drilling in the Gulf because there were endangered species, fish, that were endangered in the Gulf Hmm. and coral reefs and things. And they needed to study those to figure out whether the drilling would kill them off. Would they ask them questions to fish? Yeah. And the law on endangered species is weird. It says it's not a balancing test. You don't look at the equities of how much we need to drill versus how much we want to save this particular species. The law is absolute. If you are endangering an endangered species, you can't do it. It doesn't matter if you're saving the world. You can't do it. And uh, so they sued under that. And the court said, asked NOAA, National Organization of Atmosphere and whether there was an inventory of the endangered species. And Noah said, no, we've never done that. So the district court said, no more oil drilling in the Gulf, none, anywhere, until you give me a count and a census of the endangered species, and then I can rule on this motion from the environmental group. Sounds like he ruled on it already. So they went off and they did that. They did the count, and the nerds were busy counting it. And they made a mistake. They made an arithmetic, mathematical error. They counted the species three times, give them three times the weight they should. So they came back with a finding that said there were three times as many endangered species as there really were. And as a result, they formulated a rule based on that, banning drilling in a vast area of the Gulf of Mexico, whereas even if you accept the endangered species rationale, you only had to do it in about a third of the area they took off. And under Biden, he canceled all the leases in those other areas, wouldn't let them drill. And a huge portion of the U.S. oil production from the Gulf of Mexico was barred and eliminated by this court decision based on this rule, based on the census, which was based on a mathematical arithmetic error. Actually, it wasn't an error. Actually, three, three of them in they knew what they calculation. Were so now they've caught the mistake, they've changed the rule, they're opening to drilling, but it's a year and a half wasted. 
And a big part of your higher gas prices, a big part of it, is because of that. Because of that governmental incompetence. They couldn't do the arithmetic and it resulted in this, this unbelievable thing. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Hey, Phil. Yes, hi. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon, rather. Uh, my question is that the uh, issues that plagued the last election, last uh, federal election, <clears throat> such as the drop boxes and the uh, questionable mail in balloting. What what steps do you know of, solid steps that are being taken to preclude this from happening again in 22 and 24? And also, who's leading the charge? Who are the prominent people? Sure. Good question. Uh, here's the deal. It's very state by state. In Arizona, uh, we have a pretty good law against drop boxes and a very good law for, um, for photo ID. Arizona, though, has a, a secretary of state position that's vacant. And a guy named Tim Fundum is endorsed by Trump and is going to run for that. He should win, and if he wins, Arizona should be fine. Michigan is more difficult. We have a candidate running, Krista um, Karoma, who uh, is a wonderful candidate, who has a fair good chance of winning. Uh, but there's a Democratic governor in there who has, uh, who has vetoed all bills to restrict drop boxes and photo ID and everything. So Michigan is a disaster unless we win the governorship, which I talked about earlier in the show, sure. and we win the Secretary of State race. Michigan will be determined by the election of 22. Exact same story in Pennsylvania. Legislature passed an ideal package of voter reform. Governor Wolf vetoed it. We're back to where we were in 2020. And unless we have a new governor there, Mastriano wins, and he can appoint a good secretary of state and sign a legislative law akin to the one Wolf vetoed, Pennsylvania is going to be a big problem. So those two states. Wisconsin, there's a voter reform law that's making its way through. Probably Terry Evans, the Democratic governor, is going to veto it, and we'll be back in the same situation with Wisconsin. But we have a very good chance of winning that governorship, uh, Rebecca Cleefield, the lieutenant governor, is running. And if she wins, they'll sign that bill. So really, the fate of the 24 election hinges in part on three key governor's races, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Georgia, who knows? That idiot Raffensperger got reelected, and his boss Kemp got reelected. So who knows? It is true that Georgia passed the ideal reform statute, no drop boxes, cutting mail-in ballots, photo ID, and Kemp signed it. It's law. So Georgia should be okay, but I would not underestimate the capacity of Raffensperger to screw it up. And North Carolina, uh, we have a Democratic governor who vetoed the bill again, and there's a governor's race in North Carolina, and uh, I think Blunt is going to win that. He just won the primary. So actually, there are five states where the governorship elections going to determine the 24 election and ballot integrity. So um, that I hope, hope that answers your question. The real point here is not a national issue. It's a state-by-state-by-state state state issue. And, uh, and, and it's crucial that we win in those election states. And the one you all can affect being in New York is Pennsylvania. So, you know, get in touch with your friends down there. Just, just the fact that you could rattle all that off like you just did, amazing. If I say it in my sleep, I know. <laughs> in your sleep, sleep talking. Yeah. Talk radio seventy seven WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on seventy seven WABC. One of the greatest outrages from the criminal justice system is the acquittal of Michael Sussman. He's the attorney who was the go-between between the Hillary campaign and the media and tried hard to get stories planted in the media and planted in the FBI about the Russia collusion scandal. And that whole phony scandal that led to a presidential impeachment and uh, dominated the news for two years led to a special counsel who spent tens of millions of dollars investigating something that never happened, was a complete and total hoax. The deal was invented by Hillary Clinton. It now reverges from testimony from Robbie Mook 
Hillary's campaign manager, that she came up with it, the idea that they would frame Trump and say that the Russians and he were conspiring to defeat Hillary in the election. And then they uh, hired this phony guy uh, named Christopher Steele to do a dossier of absolutely crazy, ridiculous stories, including that, that Trump liked to have hookers pee on oh when God. during a visit to Russia. And uh, and they uh, and and he gave the report, and the report had no credibility. Nobody would pick it up. But then Michael Sussman told the FBI about it, and the FBI started to investigate it, and that led the media to cover it, and that led it to be page one number one news story for the whole year and two years, leading to impeachment. It now turns out that not only was the report phony and paid for by Hillary but that Sussman did not tell the FBI that he was there not as a complaining citizen, but being paid by the Hillary campaign to do this, and he denied it. And then when he was indicted and tried, the prosecution put in the billing records where that son of a gun went to the FBI and said, I'm not here on behalf of any client, went right back to his headquarters, to his office, and wrote a bill for the time for the Hillary campaign. So they had him him as dead to rights as you possibly can. And then a jury in Washington, D.C., unanimously acquitted the guy. How could that be? Well, D.C. went 93% for Hillary and 95% for Biden. That's how. And that might have a little thing, something to do with how. (laughs) And uh, it is unbelievable that this guy is now walking free. You don't know right from wrong Where the love we had is gone So blame it on your lying, cheating Cold, dead, beating Two-time and double-dealing Mean street You know, when she got rid of all the emails, she lost all the numbers to her hitmen, so yeah. they have to use yeah. the, the DA. <laughs> the lyrics to that song, I heard it the other day, and I've been trying to memorize them. <laughs> you're blaming it on your lying, cheating, cold, dead, beaten, double Please, dealing. You're not allowed to sing. I'm not singing. I'm reciting. Right, okay. 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 So, um, and and what this means is very upsetting. It means that no Democrat can ever be convicted of a crime in Washington yeah, right. D.C. if it involves political corruption mm. or politics. None, zero, and all the federal agencies are in Washington. So when they bring their actions, their indictments, and their trials, it has to be in Washington. And it goes to a jury that absolutely is going to throw it out no matter what the facts are. One of the jurors, it turns out that three of the jurors were contributors, money to Hillary's campaign, gave her money. Every one of them voted for her. And for them to say that this could be an impartial jury is beyond possibility. It's unbelievable. And uh, and that's that's what we're facing. Like here. They're all on the same team. Yeah. Now the solution to it is obviously don't bring these indictments in Washington D.C. Don't run into the stone wall unless you have to, and do what the civil rights lawyers did in the '60s. They had a similar problem. They had these all-white racist juries that were sitting there, and they would they would indict a Ku Klux Klansman for murdering those three civil rights workers, two whites and one black in Mississippi in 1963, and they indicted him, tried him, and the jury acquitted them unanimously. Mm. Damn near gave him a medal. Horrible. So the feds learned their lesson, and they no longer brought these cases under Mississippi law. They brought it under federal law. The fed They didn't indict him for murder. They indicted him for violating their civil rights, <laughs> which I guess they did when they shot him. <laughs> but... <laughs> But and, and as a result, funny, they but got away from the Mississippi juries. They got federal juries or no juries, and they got away from the racism. And that's just what we have to do now in Washington, D.C. And it was easy to do it if that guy Durham had a brain. What would he do? How prosecutor. would he do it? How would well, he do it? the firm, um, uh, Perkins Cole, which employed Sussman, has its main office in Seattle. And they could have brought that case in Seattle just as easily. Oh, and uh, there they would have had a liberal jury, but at least a relatively fair one. And the guy probably would have been convicted. So this is absolutely outrageous. But, you know, I like that song, so play it again.
It is a good song. I like it. You don't know right from wrong. Patty Loveless. You're just trying to memorize that one yeah, part. Yeah. That's what he's doing right yeah. here. Let's go to Gordon in Brooklyn. Hey, Gordon. Uh, yes, Dick. Uh, congratulations on having such a great show. Thank you. Thank you, uh, you have insights that, uh, frankly, the other uh, many other commentators don't have at all. Well, most commentators, radio and TV, enough to put them down, are commentators. That's what they do for a living. That's what they got out of college planning to do. And you're an encyclopedia. And, um, you know, I didn't. I, I worked in government and in politics and for two presidents, so I kind of know everything. So it's fun to do these shows. So I, I don't need Google. I got Dick Morris. <laughs> so go ahead, Gordon. I appreciate your words. Uh, yes, I was uh, um, thinking about the um, item you mentioned at the beginning of your show. The gender reparations change. Oh, gender change. reparations. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure that it's this law is going to delight all the uh, Latinos and the Asians in California whose ancestors never owned a single slave, but now they're going to have to pay reparations yeah. for people who were never slaves. Yeah. Well, the whites, too. But, yeah, I mean, their ancestors enslaved. But, as I said, California was a free state. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, to single out blacks like this. And you've read the stories, and they're all true, that Hispanics are leaving the Democratic Party hand over fist. And right now, some of the seats we may pick up in the off-year election are in the Rio Grande Valley that has never voted Republican ever in its entire life history. And I think a big factor in that is that it is obvious that Democrats care about blacks to the exclusion of Hispanics. Hispanics were included in the Rainbow Coalition, but they, uh, but they ultimately had to. Uh, they never found the pot of gold at the gold at the end of the rainbow. Thanks for calling, Gordon. Let's go to William in Westchester. Hey, Dick. Let's like hear your take on the uh, Gestapo-like arrest of uh, Peter oh, Navarro that was on Friday. Disgusting. Yeah. Well, the fact is, That's you know, Navarro was arrested by this phony kangaroo court of the nine, the um, January sixth January sixth committee, uh, which is composed only of Democrats except for two Republicans who the Democrats put on the committee, mm. one of whom is... Um, uh, Cain. No, one of whom is uh, Cheney, who I hope That's is right, going right, to be Cheney. defeated right, 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 right. in the next few weeks in uh, in Denver, uh, in Wyoming. And Navarro uh, was is, has been indicted for failing to answer their subpoena and was arrested and sent to jail. Uh, oh, Steve Bannon, the other advisor to Trump, was also jailed. Uh, they're both free now, but jailed. And there's a, but there's a narrative to this that isn't in the stories. I think there are two big things that Peter Navarro did to get jailed. One is he was, you know, he was the U.S. trade rep, and he had a jihad against China. He's the guy that authored all of the embargo, all of the tariffs on Chinese goods. He's the guy that pushed the correct narrative that this happened, that the COVID came from a lab leak in China. Uh And he's the guy that really has been the point man in Trump's efforts to reign in China. And every time I scratched somebody, scratched a little deeply with somebody in the Clinton years, I found he represented China. I had a big fight with Sandy Berger, the former national security advisor, over a whole lot of issues, particularly related to Asia, and no sooner did he leave the administration than he becomes the lobbyist for China. Uh, Gephardt, the minority leader in the House, Democrat, worked for China right after he left office. Really? And I have to bet that China's got its hand in there somewhere. The other thing is that Navarro was the most articulate person in attacking the 2020 results. Right after he left government, he commissioned a mammoth study about election fraud, the only one that's been ever done. And he itemized all of the election frauds that were taking place. He uncovered them. And uh, for Navarro, and they're, they're getting even with Navarro. That's what it is. That is simply get even time. Hey, Jack in New Jersey, you've been waiting a while. What's up? Hey, how you doing, Dick? Doing good. I hope that you and yours are in the best of health. 
Yes. So anyway, what's your bombshell? With a few quick bombshells. Bottom line is, Biden's son is a druggie who was kicked out of the military for selling drugs. It's treasonable. Yeah, we know so that. Treason. Also, Biden is looking to close down the East 23rd Street Federal VA Hospital in Manhattan and the Brooklyn VA in Bay Bridge, Fort Hamilton. That'll screw a million American veterans in the New York area. They'd have to go out to the North Bronx or out to Long Island, North Florida, or to uh, East Orange, New Jersey. Gee, Jack, I, didn't, I did not know that. I'm going to research that, check it out, and talk about it in a future show. I really, really appreciate you telling me that. I did not know that. And the vets sure deserve a facility right yes, by them. What they deserve even more is uh, for Medicaid and Medicare to pay for their expenses in getting treated because the VA is so backed up. But thank you for that comment. That's wonderful. Uh, Connie in Long Island. Yes, hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I was just wondering, with the Sussman trial, uh, can it be appealed? Or no. Can... No, the defense can appeal. The prosecution never can. But thanks for your story. That had occurred to me, too. But can't do it. So we had a good show. We talked about California passing reparations for black people only. Uh, that includes free college, free health care, and shade trees in inner city areas. A buck tree aid. We talked about Paul Pelosi, Nancy's husband, going to jail for DUI and how he begged not to be condemned to house arrest to have to live with Nancy. We talked about a lot of stuff that was really cool, but I hear the music. Thank and you, I'll Dick. see you next week. It was an honor. Thank you, Doug. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.